1: Hello, welcome to another Touchy... No, it's not another Touchy Gooders podcast. It's a World Cup Franco, but it might as well be a Touchy Gooders episode because I'm drove by German Dan and Shabs and... Uh, yeah, Tox from... Uh, Relax the there, way.
0: man. Relax there, man. What was...
1: NS, NSO, yeah? Yeah,
0: yeah. Say yeah, nothing, yeah. man. Say nothing. Uh, how you doing, Tox? I'm good, man. I'm good. Thanks for having me on, brother. Always
1: good. Uh, Just... How does it feel being the only Argentina hater on the pod? <laughs> as well as the only Spurs fan, you must be feeling hey, you know hello.
0: You know all personal, all personal feelings today are completely aside. After that, a uh, horrible pod I, I listened to the other day of Mariah and um, Tobes going back to back about these man. After tonight's performance, I'm going to be completely objective. So yeah, man, you have me. You have me. How nice of you, man!
1: Like that's the bare minimum I expect. To be honest, is objectivity. <laughs> I mean, my, my, my Tachiguna boys, I know I can expect objectivity from them, like, because that, that's that's what we do on our podcast, basically. it's just class throughout, do you know what I mean? Shabs, German Dan, how you doing, gentlemen?
2: Yeah, I'm no doubt, good. man, I'm, I'm, I'm all good, that, that was an excellent um, on the fly, audible, by the way, Lou, right at the start, excellent, oh. yeah, man. tears in my you know, eyes, bro. This,
1: this is what I'm paid for, yeah, this yeah, for, absolutely, man. yeah, yeah, well, Listen, guys, don't fucking talk about my boy Messi ever again, right? Don't fucking talk ever. about him. Ever. All right. Whoever's listening, don't fucking mention my boy's name ever again. Yeah? Ever. <laughs> Good. Now that you've got the message, we can carry on <laughs> with the pod. <laughs> but yeah, guys, Argentina are going to be the World Cup final. And guess what? Such of we're doing our biggest ever live show on Sunday for the World Cup final. So. Listen, if you want to join all the cast, come down to uh, Trapdoor at the O2. Yes, I said it, at the O2. Not like the O2. What's the other O2 in, uh, in like Brixton? Yeah, not not the small O2. The, the big O2, yeah? That's what I'm talking about. We're going to be there at Trapdoor. Tickets, are, uh, the link for the tickets are in the bio. So go and get your tickets. Come and join us. Watch the World Cup final with us. And then we're going to obviously do our traditional live show after the game as well it's going to be our biggest ever live show so please get your tickets come down and you know enjoy this moment with us especially if you're rooting for Messi to win actually do you know what even if you're not rooting for Messi to win come and root against him but I'm sure you're going to be in the the minority but yeah tickets are still on sale they'll be on sale right up into the day of the event uh the link is in the bio so uh get quickly um, and we also are offering uh, discounts for like if you're coming in groups and stuff like that. So if you've got like a group of four, get your discount group tickets. Um, yeah, that's that. Guys, how good was that? Hey, eh? how good was that? I have to admit, I did a, I did um, the preview show for yesterday. And my prediction was that Croatia would go through. And the reason I thought that was I thought the game would be very, very cagey. And I thought Croatia would be very, very hard to break down. And, um, I just felt like the longer that type of game would, um, would persist, I think that would make Croatia the favourites to go through just because they're, I've got more, you know, I I've seen more of them being like this really solid team and jamming, jamming results. Um, but yeah, man, it was just such a nice surprise to see, you know, Croatia un- unpick this solid, uh, Croatia defence and, you know, Messi just goes from strength to strength as a 35-year-old in this tournament. Shabs, I'll come to you first, man. Um, What was your thoughts coming into the game? Like, was you confident Argentina would get the business done or, you know, was you a little bit hesitant like myself?
2: Nah, I thought it would be a a tight game. I, I of course, wanted Argentina to win, but I wasn't super confident at... I feel like at this point, at this stage of the tournament... um, People are kind. The teams that are here and remaining are kind of here on merit and deserve to be here. So there's something about it. I expect um, tougher games, a higher quality of matches, really. And so I didn't think it would be clear cut. I definitely didn't think Argentina would win as convincingly as they did. So um, you know that that they've come out to there and done the business really, really, really speaks. volumes to to them as a team, but to to, to Messi in particular, but I'm sure we'll get into that later. But yeah, coming into it, I I thought it would probably be a tighter game. And that's as much to um, Croatia in the way that they have performed in the games before now, really, than than anything else. I thought Croatia would do their best to kind of be reserved, defend quite solidly. um, And Try and keep the game going for as long as possible. Try and see if they could get it into extra time and then take it to penalties, as we have seen them do in the last couple of games as well. So um, that's the way that I thought it would go with Argentina eventually pipping it, or if they were able to win in normal time, just win by a, 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 a slim goal, a very slim margin, not as convincing as this.
0: Yeah,
1: tops. Was you was you surprised as well at like you know the scoreline and just how comfy it was for Argentina today?
0: Yeah, I was a little bit, to be honest with you. Um, <clears throat> in truth, like, you know, Argentina came into this tournament with, you know, this amazing unbeaten record, you know, with a, basically a very, very strong squad. Um, and there was a lot of hype behind them. A lot of people saying they were backing them. And to be honest with you, after that Saudi Arabia game, I, don't know, I kind of felt like they, you know, they were stumbling through games. But in a weird way, They've kind of got themselves through each sort of round, you know, and they've almost got better and better as the tournament has, has, has gone on. Um, I'd, arguably see, I'd arguably say today was their best performance. Um, lots of notable performances. And I, I thought that the way Croatia battled against Brazil and really gave them a real, real tussle, you know, even though they went through on penalties, I thought this was the kind of team that would really give Argentina a problem. Um, lots of experienced head, lots of, you know, good quality players in that Croatia side. But today, man, they, they were second best. They were second best. It was like Argentina had the bit between their teeth. You know, pretty much what, 90, 95% of the crowd looked like they were Argentinian. And, you know, no, they, what, what they do you mean were by very, that? very... Well, let's not speak. Let's not, let's not speak. <laughs> <laughs> let's not speak on that. But, yeah, today, I just... They were... They were very good today. Uh, you know, they were very good today. Not just Messi, but you know, as a side, um, they really kind of showed out and um, they they put Croatia to the sword, where 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 they needed to. It was um, it was an impressive performance, and you know, kind of the best kind of performance you kind of want before going into a final. You know, it was really a positive performance. I can I can definitely say that.
1: German Dan, let me talk. Let me talk to you, man. What was your thoughts heading into the game? And you know, did um, was you you know impressed by Argentina despite by Croatia uh, What were your thoughts
3: I was um, this game was difficult for me to call but um I felt you know messy just seeing them in the after they lost to Saudi Arabia he's just got this this determination like I've not seen them play like this for club level um at club level where you just feel like he's got proper passion proper desire um, you know, things that people would attribute to other players really, he's just kind of displaying like the last game against Netherlands. I was like, it's this messy, like shouting at people, slide tackling, pressing, um, you know, even being a bit of a C word to be honest at the end of the game. Like it was just I've not seen him like that. What, was what's like, that? Cristiano Ronaldo. <laughs> Good guess, man, but it you know, both both of these words, you know, closely, closely <laughs> like, you know. <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> so yeah just
3: I just feel like he's his motivation's different this time. Like today he took that game and just decided I'm going to win this game. We're going to win this game, you know, Croatia they ain't got enough for, to trouble um Argentina um, defensively and um what Croatia were would, were would trying to do I think again was take this game into extra time, <laughs> get it then to penalties and you know win it from there but Messi said, nah, nah, first half, I'm just gonna, you know, I'm gonna take about um I'll take the game by the score for the neck. And I just feel like you could see that the his motivation, I think that's the main thing for me that made me think, okay, Argentina will probably take this. He just his motivation looks different. They seem to have a real camaraderie sort of spirit together. It seems like they know they have to help him win this, <laughs> um, because he deserves to win it. Like his career in some way demands him to win this. Um, so they know that that is a that's that's the task at hand and I just feel like they're super focused and if I look at other teams they were doing um like Germany for example doing that um gesture before um the first game that it's not the same type of focus. Argentina this this even though they lost their first game and I was really critical when they lost their first game but you can tell their focus is winning this tournament. Nothing else matters to them. Um and you I don't think I've quite seen that from other nations um I feel like Spain playing with their food in the last game for example Portugal as well playing with their food in some of the games Brazil playing with their food in some of their games I think Argentina have really approached every game like a knockout tie Um, after that Saudi Arabia loss and you know I would not be surprised if if they actually win it all now Um, I mean they're in the final so they've got a pretty good chance but I would not be surprised if they really do it no matter well, who they're saying,
1: playing Argentina got that dog in them yeah and, and Facts yeah, doing... they
3: got that dog in them they got it's, that racism in them as well <laughs> <laughs> mm, 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 more of
0: that more, that, more of that, more of
1: that. It's interesting because um, historically we've looked at Argentina as this team that, you know, haven't really stepped up to the mark at international football, right? We look at all of these players, you know, Messi included as well, right? You know, we, we would have all expected more from Messi over his career that he's given to Argentina in terms of performance level. But, you know, even more so, like, great players like Aguero, Tevez Iguain, all had really really quite even Di Maria you know these amazing players have all had pretty meaty international careers and this new gen maybe not as talented I don't know that's that's too that's to be seen but this new gen your Julian Alvarez is right Julian Alvarez I don't know how many games he's played for Argentina but I he must have scored more goals up the World Cup than no, the the free strikers I've named combined. You know, yeah, really?
3: yeah, he has. I checked. He definitely has, has. he really? I think I'll grow that's has got insane. Three. He went and right. got one or two. So he's he's already
1: outscored them. He's he's definitely already outscored them. Yeah, that's absolutely definitely. insane. And th- 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 these new gen, I think is it maybe like they're looking at Messi like that's my goat. He this is my goat, he's my idol, probably gr- like young the youngster's like what and how Har- Enzo, like 21. Alfred's yeah, like 21,
0: I guess. Good. They're quite young, I they're
2: right? 22, 22, 23. Alvarez, Alvarez is,
0: 22. is
2: 22. Yeah, Alvarez
0: is 22. Enzo yeah, so, is um, So these
1: guys, are, but, these guys are quite young, right? So it's like when yeah. it, when they were kids, Messi was doing his things to at the top level. That's their GOAT. So Bro, there's maybe, a, maybe there's something that, to that.
3: There's a picture yeah, there's of the, Julian Alvarez when he's like 10 years old taking a picture yeah. with Messi. Yeah,
2: um, Messi, yeah. Crazy. I was just going to say the same thing. And I think what you're saying, Lou, absolutely. Um, What German Dan said as well, but, you know, in terms of um, really playing because they want Messi to win it. But I think the other side of it is that a lot of these players know that this is a genuine opportunity for them to win the World Cup with Messi as well. So they're also rising it for their own personal ambitions and aspirations. Like, let's not, like, let's not get it twisted. Like, these are professional footballers at the highest level as well. They want a, a like a World Cup win, on you know, on the on the honors list for some of these players as well is no small feat, and they've won a the Copa America now as well. Again, like, so it's not just about the goal scorers. There are a lot of talented Argentina footballers who haven't achieved what this group of of players would have achieved if they actually go on to win the World Cup on Sunday as well. So I think that's a good point as well that needs to be um, considered. And then you've got the fact that, yeah, a lot of these players were little boys, like genuinely little boys, when Messi was doing his 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 ting. Um Alvarez is an, is an example of one, but um, Enzo, another one, like Romero. A lot of these guys were kids growing up watching Messi play, so... Yeah, and that, and that's been really like the driving force behind their winning run before they got to this tournament as well, and then the driving force behind them um, winning the Copa America as well. So, and some people say that was lucky, but whatever. But yeah, man, I think these players are on it and they're looking to cement something for themselves because without Messi, let's be real, like this Argentina side don't won't have a, a another chance of winning something big. I don't think. <laughs>
1: Sorry, I just needed that the really wrong time. But, um, yeah, I, I was going to ask, actually. Um, so we all, we all saw the first game against Saudi Arabia and how that just, it was just an absolute disaster, right? Like, it couldn't have gone anywhere. So everyone thought it'd be an Argentina in, you know. There was all this talk about how Argentina had unbeaten for, like, 40 games or whatever it was, Right. And obviously, like just won the Copa America, and then you lose your first World Cup group game to Saudi Arabia. What do you guys think is like the key differences between that game and then the the, the kind of turnaround since really? Because we have seen like quite some some quite impressive performances from Argentina since then. So what do you guys think is the main differences between you know the, the group opener and the team we see now? For me, um, two, two,
3: yeah. Sorry, I should have
1: directed that question at someone.
3: Uh, I'm just sorry, German, German, to, you know,
1: German, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I was gonna they're
3: say two, 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 major, two major things. Um, one Enzo Fernandez in midfield. Um, he didn't play that first game, I believe. I remember watching the game thinking, these guys need energy in the middle, man. This is just, mm. it's just playing. They're playing you know, what, what you call it when you're 45 years old and you play football. That's what it That's- like they were playing. Awesome. Yeah, that's football over there. fracas football
1: club. <laughs> uh- <laughs>
3: um, and then up top, um, I mean, I like Lazaro. I think he's he can shoot the ball really well. Um, but when he when he doesn't score, you do wonder what he offers. And I mean, he was offside for all. Of, I think I think a two two nice finishes, but he mm-hmm. was offside for him. And uh, I just think outside of that, he didn't offer much in terms of complimenting the attack or just being a general threat. He can score, but he, he didn't offer them, you know, a multi-layered threat. And um, Julian Alvarez has, you know, he runs in behind, he works really hard. Um, I saw some tweets today basically saying that this guy's reaction time to win the ball is there, to be it's just second to none. And really, in some ways, probably reminds me of Martinelli as well. I agree with, with what people are saying and seeing there, that he's just so sharp and so alert to loose balls um, and potential situations where you can win or you can press the opposition, so him pressing from the front um, and doing a lot of the running that, you know, I mean, Messi's doing more running than I've seen him do, um, but he does, he overcompensates for his Messi's lack of running in some way, and yeah, he's a dog, you know, and um, Enzo is a dog as well, and I think them two coming in has really helped him, and then um, that right back, I think, has been quite decent as well. I forgot Milena. his name, but yeah, he's been quite Milena. decent. So mm-hmm. Him rather than Montiel, I believe, was also a good um, change.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. Tops, you, you were going to chime in as well.
0: Yeah, like, um, I think, obviously, the uh, Saudi Arabia game was a massive, massive reality check. Obviously, having, having had such a good run beforehand and coming up, coming up against a team who actually, I thought, played very well technically and from a physical perspective, um, they probably must have thought what was going on because their performance was quite poor. But I also just like, as well, similar to what Dan said, some of the personnel that they've brought in. And even in some of the games, they've changed their tactics. You know, they've gone from 4-3-3 three, three, to, I think, to three at the back in one game to even playing 4-4-2, where they've got like Messi kind of as, as like an advanced sort of SS behind um, Alvarez. Um, and obviously, throughout the games post that uh, Saudi Arabia game, you know, they have pretty much kept the same three men in midfield with DePaul, Paul, McAllister, who I've actually been really impressed with. And Enzo Fernandez, and it seems like that has seemed to work. Um, Messi and Alvarez have basically been critical to them performing in basically the last four games. Um, so I kind of feel like the personnel, and also I think like the tactical changes that they've made has kind of made a difference. Like, unfortunately, um, you know, like in the first game, for instance, Rodriguez in midfield, he came out. Um, we haven't really seen much of. Um, Di Maria, who I still think is a very good player, but it almost seems like he's like he's like an impact player. Similarly, uh, Martinez didn't really play well in that first game, but he's obviously come on and given them a little something um, from cameos. But generally, I think they've like... <sighs> Tournament football is so, so interesting because it's literally seven games whereby you, you have to approach each game specifically. You don't really have a way that you can play the whole way throughout. And because of the oppositions that you play different countries, continents, and the different styles. You have to be able to manipulate your squad as best as you can. And I actually feel that, like, Scaloni, he's the manager for Argentina. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I feel like he's utilised his squad really, really well. And he's made the right changes in personnel and formations throughout the, throughout the tournament. Um, and it, it's paid off, you know, it's, it's really paid off.
2: Can I just just throw in as well? I I, I think a lot was made of um, Argentina's defeat in that first game. And I did say it. I think German Dan, you agreed with me as well at the time. But I think too much was being made of it. And yeah, it was a game that no one expected them to, to, to lose. It was a shock defeat. They probably should have won that match. They did create a lot of chances and they had a lot of momentum in the opening exchanges of the game. Um, and I'm not taking anything away from Saudi Arabia, but what happened is that they, they, they did play well, but they had a flurry in the opening exchanges of the second half of the game. So probably the middle third of the 90 minutes um, is when Saudi Arabia was on top in that game. But aside from that, Argentina were kind of on top of them and just couldn't put their chances away. But obviously the result is what stood, and people made a lot of it and said, oh, this team, they won't do well without PMP and blah, blah, blah. And I think the changes um, to personnel made that have already been referenced were key, absolutely, um, in, in especially in midfield, because I think the coach, Scaloni, took a bit longer to um, integrate um, Alvarez into the team as a mainstay, but um, he still persisted with La Lato- for the next couple of games, which I felt was a bad a bad move but he's um he's not really looked back since then we can see the difference that it's made to the attack just being a lot more fluid and a lot more dynamic so yeah credit to them man and 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 like we said today was their most convincing uh, performance and victory of the tournament if i'm not mistaken and um yeah man i think it's no surprise really
1: yeah yeah for real let's let's talk a little bit about the game itself because um we've we've kind of just done an overview but I haven't really got into nitty-gritty details of the game but um let's let's go through the goals um there were some people who uh thought it wasn't a penalty I mean I'm not one of them I definitely think it's a penalty um does anyone think it wasn't
3: I think it was a pen I just the only thing I agree with is I think it seems a bit harsh because the keeper can't really go anywhere. But then he has to really judge. If he comes out that day, he has to really judge where the Hold ball down. goes. Yeah, exactly. So it is a penalty. And but and I also he would hard. stop
1: Alvarez getting onto the ball after, like, because yeah, he's taking yeah. him out. Alvarez it's can't. Not about,
3: it's not about if, if he can't go anywhere, really. Um, it's more so that I feel like it's a bit harsh because the keeper's in a sticky situation there. Um, mm. I think either way, he, he'll end up making a mistake. So yeah. but it's one of these situations where you know you just have to
1: hold that uh yeah. try to save the penalty. <laughs> well, I mean he's saved an awful lot of penalties um <laughs> in this tournament. And you know, was there anyone you know just a little bit nervous when Messi obviously we know Messi's record is with taking pens, it's not it's not amazing. Um, but was anyone a little bit nervous, a little bit touchy? I was <laughs>
0: Nah, man, court, that's so he was gonna cool. score, and he actually he actually packed that ball in like into the top corner. So brilliant was, penalty, yeah, brilliant was, penalty, ex-
2: excellent. Yeah, I, it, it's one. I, of I, I, don't, more than, I don't, I don't like
1: yeah. when he does like. I don't like when he does the. I didn't like the penalty that he did the other day, where he kind of just passes it into the corner. I I don't like those ones because I just feel like I've seen him miss those penalties quite a lot. Where he tries to pass it into the corner and the goalkeeper guesses the right way just blam it man you could you could do it just blam it and put it put it in the goal they ain't going to save it you know but yeah it was a, it was a great penalty and um that obviously put argentina well in the ascendancy and they were probably be value for their lead at that point maybe it was a bit of a, it was a bit of a stale game actually maybe at that point where um i think they once they had scored they looked like scoring again um and that's when, obviously, Julian Alvarez. I mean, I don't know how that. I don't know how, some Luis Suarez judge kind of trickery and dribbling the uh, mastery to get there. But um, you know, I'm, I'm 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 keeping that as a Messi assist, by the way. Uh, <laughs> don't know about you guys, thank but... uh, you, thank you. It <laughs> took it, 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 it took twelve deflections along the way, but it's a messy assist for me. <laughs> I was going to say <laughs> <laughs> nice 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 little dribble from Alvarez though. but I don't know how, how much luck of it is uh, or you know more luck than judgement maybe but you know he does quite pers he does persevere to get there in the end and then um no wait no that was for the penalty right
0: no wait what am I g-
2: no it, uh, yeah no his goal when he carried when they basically were defending a corner and he broke um, and yeah. carried the ball down the middle of the pitch. Yeah, that was. Yeah, no, that wasn't. That was his goal.
1: Yeah, and it took bad deflections, right? Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah, yeah. Three yeah. or four. Okay. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. I think cool, it. Cool, I think cool. it
3: came up two or three defenders, to be honest. But he just kept reacting yeah. faster than them. So.
1: Yeah, I can't remember the finish now. I'm, I'm, I'm getting the the
0: the, the penalty was, confused. Uh, uh, it was like it kind of ricocheted back to him, and he kind of just threw the keeper up into the. Okay.
1: middle of the goal oh fair enough fair enough yeah so um got that dog in him man got that dog in him just uh okay. good finish and like I said me- messy assist messy assist uh, at that point obviously like um we'd seen previously in a Holland game but but it were Argentina two nil up in at halftime in a Holland game as well I think they may have been or maybe one nil when they got a second goal pretty. Yeah, they David. went 2-0 no up against um, Holland anyway. But, you know, at, at that point, at half-time, did you guys think that um, that it was game-dusted or did you see enough from Croatia to say, uh, you know, that they could get back into the game?
2: No, for me, it was game-done at half-time. I, I, the th- the th- in fact, we said it. The thing is, I don't think anyone will put money against... Um, Argentina having not having a bozo moment at the back. And so I I, I did say in one of the chats, um, you never know, you know, you, you really never know because um, Argentina, players like Otamendi and that will always have a moment in them where they could just do Harry Kiri and boom, you're, you know, you're a goal down again. Or two. But um, for me, based on the evidence of the game, the performance, Argentina looked value for money. And um, I thought, yeah, I thought what was going to happen happened at that point. I thought they were going to come out, get another goal, and it will be game done. Um, so yeah, it did yeah I, was, I was I was similar
3: to Shaps. I thought they should take this. You know, they should take this to um, full time now. But I saw that Netherlands game, man, and I, I can't lie. And I, I'm I'm still thinking even the final. If they go ahead, for me, the game ain't done. I don't know how well how good they are seeing our games because. They don't just have one bowls at the back. They have two, maybe three, maybe four. You know, it's just a couple of men at the back. It's looking real shaky, baby. <laughs> so um, yeah, I mean, I think today it was it was also a lot to do with Croatia not being proactive with their subs. Um, I think once it was 2-0, you need to bring on that um that mayor, you need to bring on Orsteage. You they probably should have started, to be honest. And um, once it's 2-0, um, I kind of felt like Croatia probably don't have the weapons to hurt Argentina and the weapons to her Argentina are you know long balls into the box.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: Um we've seen we've seen the airstrikes that Van Hau army was launching on Argentina and boy they yeah. paid off well. So I think that's how France will approach them. They will launch their ball into Giroud, um, a lot of crosses into the box. I think that's probably the best way of hurting them and then transition NBA and behind the fullbacks, then and um, and um Mbappe are gonna be very dangerous. But you know they're not in the final yet. So let's see. But I can I can see Argentina be kind of vulnerable defensively, to be honest. Um, but today I just thought if they get another goal, then I'll believe it. But 2-0, because I've seen them give up that lead before, I was like, yeah, I'm not sure. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I, I guess the like you said with Holland, Holland they do kind of have like offensive weapons that you know c- could hurt you with that direct game. I, I mean, I didn't see it coming in the Holland game, but when it actually happened, I thought, well, obviously, there we go. With with, with Croatia, I, don't, I, did, I never really feel like they're they're ca- they're obviously capable of scoring a goal, but I never really feel like Croatia have got goals in them. Um, yeah, they and it's do the
3: no noting. And take it to yeah a... Hor- <laughs> horrible
1: team <laughs> man horrible team two two world cup uh, t- uh getting to the world cup final and world cup semi-final two two times in a row now man fuck you know give us a break guys Jeez. Yeah. but um hang it up my yeah. dick, man we've had enough it? <laughs> yeah 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 i mean he was he gave the ball away for the first goal as well in these so, um yeah, to I, be fair, well, I think Maja has been good this tournament. So
3: he, he's been good, but we we need to talk about um, you know, Kovacic in midfield. You know, I'd like to have a discussion. Yeah,
1: he's been a bit. Considering Croatia have got to the semi-final of the of the World Cup, I actually don't know if Kovacic has had like a standout game this tournament. I think he's been probably the weaker of the three centre mids. Actually, tops. What do you reckon?
0: Um, has he been the weakest of the three centre mids? <sighs> so, so my one issue with 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 Kovacic is that, like, I think from a technical perspective, he's definitely up there. Like, I feel on the ball, he gives you exactly what you want from a guy who can play in a pivot. He's very good ball. He is actually fairly press resistant, um, and he does cover a lot of ground on and off the ball. But my issue with him is that, like, I think that he doesn't affect games enough because he gets on the ball so much, has so many touches, finds himself in so many little areas, half spaces, you know, in the deep areas in his own in his own half. But I just feel that as a player of his quality, he just doesn't affect the game enough. And the difference, I think, with between him and the other two is that where I see the other two, they have roles and in those roles, they are very good in those roles. So you have someone like Brozovic, who is effectively the main ball winner, but he's also a very good ball carrier and he does those things very well. And he doesn't really put himself in any areas that, I mean, maybe he's uncomfortable. He doesn't do anything more than that. You have a deep line playmaker in Modric, who is constantly on the ball, constantly has a touch, constantly linking the play. But then you have someone like, Kovacic, who you would actually kind of say is probably the player who could probably play box-to-box box in that midfield. He's very, very active, always running, always dribbling, but and I just feel that like the way that that midfield is set up, he technically should be the player, I, and I would probably look at as being the most advanced in the midfield, but he doesn't affect the game in any sort of way in that advanced areas. He doesn't really give much help to Perisic, doesn't really give much help to, to, to Kramerich, and I feel like even when He's in areas that he can affect the game. I don't know. I, I, I kind of see him sometimes at Chelsea and I always feel like people put a lot of pressure on Mount to do to do some more. But I feel like with his ability and with his technical package, we should be expecting more. And quite frankly, I don't think we've seen that much from him in that sense uh, in this World Cup. And unfortunately, whilst those mid, that midfield three has been very solid, it's been very secure. They, they, you know Even today, they outpassed that Argentina team they didn't affect the Argentina defence enough mm.
1: Good. interesting words from Topps on Kovacic's package package there yeah. yeah. very
2: interesting <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. I you
0: know, man are nasty. I don't know I
2: don't know what you're trying to uh, describe here but man said, a,
0: man
1: said a solid package you know <laughs> you a solid out. technical pa- package yeah. <laughs> <laughs> No, but I, I I actually hear what Tops is saying. I think I think I think I think um, Kovacic is clearly a baller, but you're right. He is a bit of a nothing player, in my and that sounds that sounds horrible. I don't actually mean he is like not good at anything. By nothing player, I mean like what does he actually do? You know, like this
2: is who this is who he is, and they don't create. Don't you them. don't
1: score. You don't like.
0: Yeah, I don't know. He keeps it ticking. He keeps it ticking, you know.
2: He keeps it ticking. He he
0: does keep it ticking. He does keep it it. ticking. And he does that well. But then what I also feel as well is that, like, sometimes with club football, you have specific players, you have specific roles, and actually it's okay to be limited because that's what your club team wants you to do. Mm. I actually feel that you're playing with players that are actually the best, basically, in your country at that level. And let's be honest, Brozovic and Modric are hoopers. So I would expect him to also rise to the occasion and actually start performing at a level where he maybe need, even needs to be a bit more, a bit more free, you know, playing play with a bit more play less risk of us. And I feel mm. like for Croatia, I just with, with a player that with, with his ability, I just don't see that enough.
2: The yeah. thing is, we don't know, we don't know what he's been asked to do by the national team coach. And we do like Partey for, is, is an example of a, of a player who, um, like how he plays for Arsenal is very different to how he plays for, for Ghana. And he even spoke about it with some some cryptic comments recently. So we don't know what the coach is asking for Kovacic to um, do. But t- to me, a leper can't change his spots. This is who he is. And again, similar to Lou, I don't think it's a bad... I think there's times where what you're describing, Topps, is works for Chelsea, it's it's very effective for Chelsea and there are obviously times where what you're describing is how he plays for Croatia and it works for them as well but like you said it's about him rising it and being able to vary from what it is that his base game is and he's not been able to demonstrate that today when it's mattered and he's not really been able to demonstrate it much throughout this tournament either you know we've seen Modric have performances in this tournament where he's. We've seen um, Brozovic, who like often said his game's not really about that, but yeah, he's played a very, very solid level. But yeah, this this is who Kovacic is. And again, I, I like him, but this is who he is as a footballer. So, you know, I don't think people should have a, any other expectation of him, really. It's what he does. Yeah.
3: See, and I hear that. And, and, and you know, the reason that I brought it up is because I feel like some footballers are viewed through different lenses than other footballers. You know, the scrutiny on the performance of someone like Kovacic is just, it's not as high. We all know he's a good football player. There's literally no doubt or debate about that. But how good is he? And when you compare him then to other players, like I think there's probably people out there who would say he's better than Thiago. But, you know, the way Thiago's viewed and scrutinised is completely different. Whereas I don't think he's better than Thiago. So Thiago's way more scrutinised, way more analysed, way more critiqued than someone like Kovacic. Has way more responsibilities for um, the team that he plays for, in Kovacic. And the same goes for Partey. And, um, you know, people will view those players and through different lenses than someone like Kovacic. And what Kovacic does really well is he keeps it ticking. He's definitely, you know, press resistant and plays well under pressure and he's very good at dribbling. But he lacks one thing that you need in football and midfield, which is verticality. You know, you can make 100 passes. How many of those passes are forward? How many of those passes are surpassing the opposition? You know, and if those passes, if it's not enough of them, then, you know, the value of what you bring is limited for me. You know, mm. the the most valuable footballers in midfield are the players that can surpass opposition and can take the opposition out with their passing and dribbling. kind can do it with his dribbling sometimes. But even today, he was dribbling. And where was the pass going? You know, he was off balance. Ball was getting lost. You know, I just I just want that if people think this guy's a world class player, they need to view him through the same lens as other world class players. And they are not, in my opinion. That's why I thought I need to bring them up.
1: Yeah, no, no, hundred percent, hundred percent. I agree with that. Um, let's move on to uh, you know the fi- the final goal, which was like the the icing on the cake, really. And you know, I think this was the goal that you know is going to be remembered for quite a long time. I think purely because of Messi's you know involvement out on the left and in in making the goal. I mean, he's arguably one v one up against. You know, some may say the best defender in the competition so far. I don't know. I, he's probably been like it, most. Some people, you know, I haven't. I hadn't seen him prior to the tournament, so he's been impressive. I don't know if he's been the best defender though, but um, he's been impressive, no doubt. But you know, he's been good. He's been good. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Messi absolutely takes him to the cleaners. Um, shaved twenty million off his transfer value after that. And, you know, puts it on a plate for Alvarez to stick it in the goal, man. Like, in terms of, like, World Cup moments, that's going to be right up there as, you know, one of the most memorable goals for me, you know. Um, Watching it live, you know. um Just a brilliant piece of skill out there, man. And rolling back the years as well. Like, that's it's what I like to see. So, Someone who's, like almost like half his age basically you know it's kind of crazy when you when you look at it, that lens you know what got what a bowl like tw- 20 not 21 yeah 16, he, yeah
2: 15, he's 20, yeah.
1: 20 he's 20 crazy 20. crazy like messi's got 16 years on it mate <laughs> <laughs> you know but yeah like it, it in terms of that goal guys like um how special was that goal and um you know how, how happy were you for messi when obviously Alvarez tucks it away because I'm sure Aguero and Higuain are missing that, Still, <laughs>
2: <laughs> For me, it just goes to show the magic of Messi. And um, like you said at the start, you know, you you, you let it be known. It, it's crazy to think that people still talk crazy about this guy when we've seen time and again, time and again, time and again that he is, um, you know, undoubtedly the the, the the top, top footballer of our lifetime. And he's got things in his in, in his locker. For, for me, you know, I picked this up from German Dam, um, just in terms of the articulation around it. But it's, again, about operation speed and the speed of thought and execution, the balance. It's the little things like, you know, like um, luring Guardiola into a full sense of security. And then he's also turns away from goal and looks to check the positioning of 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 where his other players are, and then you know he does the spin on him. What a spin move! Um, you know, uh, Patrick Ewing would be proud. You know, so that's it. He takes it. Um, you know, and then it's the pass. It's the weight of pass. It's the delivery of the pass as well. And he 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 makes it. He makes the finish so easy for Alvarez, but he makes the whole thing look easy in terms of. Um, the whole move from start to finish what he's done and you look at that and you think my god i was watching it and saying oh oh my gosh messy and then he kind of slows down and you think oh this this the situation's dead well done to the defender and then boom quicker than the pew and i once saw saw mayno on smack dvd talking about getting chased down the block quicker than <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> <quicker> the <than, laughs> <guys. laughs> Quicker than a pium, pium. Quicker than a pium, you know. <laughs> <Yeah>. Pium. <laughs> yeah,
3: packages, packages, real, real
1: packages
2: and tag, you know? packages and piums, yeah. No. <laughs> <Whoa>. <laughs> I don't want to be a part of that. But yeah, man, quicker than a pium. He just, yeah, he just, he just puts the spin on him and just runs the pass and he makes it look so, so easy. Look at the whole thing. You think, my God, this is magic. It's magical. It's magical, and I'm I'm delighted for the goal. I'm delighted for the cushioning, but I'm delighted for Messi, man. That's that's his magic. That's what he can do, and he's given us so many moments like that in this tournament already. If you think about the goal for um, the first goal against Holland as well, that that again that pass, I'm real. Just he's he's, he's, he he he's not a moments player. He has so many moments in, in games where he just creates and and and. And has provides magic, and you just like you. You have to salute this guy and really applaud him and what he does because he's 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 truly a great man. You
3: know, you know the fingers uh, as well. When you look back. Oh
0: yeah, gone tops. Sorry, not gone Sorry, sorry Dan. Sorry
3: Dan. Yeah, I was just I was just gonna say if you just look back on the games that he's played, you know. Since the Saudi Arabia game, he's decided basically every single game with a key, key, key moment or two moments. He's decided every single game. And you can talk about the strength of position, but he's beaten who's in front of him, you know. Um, and he's decided these games not through luck, but through through sheer brilliance. Uh and some instance. That that assistant versus Holland is crazy. That assist today, crazy. That goal versus Australia, cold. You know, this mm. guy is deciding games. And we we can we've seen Messi where he was able to do five, six dribbles like he did tonight in one game. So what he's doing right now is reserving his energy's energy for the key moment um you know, and he makes that moment count or the two or three moments count. you know that that level of effectiveness is is ridiculous. you know um some players would you know some players would do um you know two or three dribbles, and then they'll be done uh, at this age, and that hasn't resulted into anything, but Messi's Biden, Biden this time, he's waiting for the perfect moment. He's he's in some way facilitating it and, you know, manipulating that perfect moment. And sometimes where he goes in terms of the position he takes up, taking certain players with him, then coming super deep, creating that gap in, you know, in midfield or in the attack for then Alvarez to drop in and he going and beyond. He's really a master of this game, not just on the ball, but also in terms of movement and, you know, finding space and really the, the best, best players know where to go and which spaces to go to hurt your position. And you would have thought today, you know, Guardiola is, is, is a is a is a very, very, very talented player. Um and he's looked must at this at this tournament. And you'd think, oh, where, where's where where if there's a if there's a weak point in that defense, where would they go? Um Lovren. But he plays on the right hand side and Messi prefers, you know, com- not on Croatia's right hand side, right? So Messi's left hand side. But Messi prefers his right hand side. So why would he move over there? He's just gonna take the best guy on and you know destroy him. It doesn't yeah. matter who it is. If he if yeah. he if he wants to do something, he can do it, and that's the that's the crazy bit because not not many ever can do that. J-
1: joint, joint most goals, joint most assists, joint most big chances created. Um, surely he's got to be in the reckoning for the Golden Ball. Does it just come down to whoever wins the final a straight shoot between him him and Mbappe? I would imagine, right? I don't, no
0: one else is gonna win it. Yeah, I'd, I'd imagine right now. I'd imagine right now, definitely between those two. I mean, the guy the guy is an absolute metronome. Like, like, you know, if you're looking at him from like an outside perspective, if you're like a young player, like, you just got to take, even like from that, that that third goal that was scored, just little things that, he, that he's able to do, the way he's able to speed the game up, slow it down, the way he's able to control the ball, really on that tight area on, on that right-hand side and still have control of it whilst taking on the defender. The balance to be able to swing, to be able to turn on the swivel and even the placement and the timing of the pass. You know, some players can do what he did, get to that final moment and not find that pass with his opposite foot to find um, Alvarez. Like, everything this guy does, it's, it's incredible. And, like, they always say it as well. But what also marks this guy as a player is his ability to be de- to be decisive in all amounts of his game. Like, it doesn't matter. He can score two, three goals in a game, but he is absolutely decisive in everything positive that this team is doing. And like like a captain should do, even as an attacker, he's completely leading this team. And he's leading them by example. Like, like his performance tonight was absolutely incredible. Mm-hmm. Incredible. And it's not even, yes. even the final. Like... Um, yeah yeah let's
1: um let's take a look ahead to tomorrow's game because obviously um we know argentina are in the final now and it's just about who they're going to be playing in the final um france against morocco i mean if you had said that at the start of the the world cup i think people would have looked at you like you were a bit crazy but morocco are i mean they've had a fucking hard route to get here so no one can say that they do not deserve to be in this position um you Thanks. know they've conceded one goal all tournament which was an own goal they've knocked out portugal and spain uh portugal in normal time spain no was it spain spain um took them to penalties yeah, believe, yeah right? spain was penalties yeah yeah penalties um, yeah. Mm-hmm. and then and then obviously came through a group with uh belgium croatia, croatia and and canada so um yeah it, it It's not been an easy route at all for Morocco. So to be at this stage, unbeaten, only considered one goal and knocked out two massive, you know, giants in world football. um, What what an achievement for them anyway. But that being said, um, Shabs, how much of a chance do you give Morocco against France?
2: A slim one. Is it a,
1: bridge, is it a bridge too far?
2: I actually hope not for Morocco. You know, um, I really respect and admire what they've done, what they've been able to do. And I think it's easy to be dismissive of them. Um, let, let's make no bones about it. France are going to be the favourites. France, I think, are the stronger side. Um, France have got the higher quality. We're waxing lyrical about Messi and rightly so about France. Also have a very magical player called Mbappe, who also can be decisive. He has been decisive for France. Um, he's decisive for France in in the last World Cup where they actually won it. So they've got a chance. You know, Griezmann's doing magical things and really playing like a player. Um, you know, a man on a mission. Giroud as well. He's another one playing got, like who, a man of-
1: who's getting them whatsapp notifications sorry chaps that
2: was that might be me you know that it, it is the through.
1: loudest notification
2: a thousand
1: messages at once bro.
2: <laughs> 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 but yeah i didn't realize that come through that's um, what's that web on, on another tab but yeah um yeah, Giroud as well. He's, you know, all of these lot are just kind of making statements. But then you cannot overlook how dogged Morocco have been, how solid they've been defensively, um, you know, that people have counted them out and they've found a way to get through. So again, it's, it's really difficult for me to call. And I don't think I can settle on one particular um, side until they step out onto the pitch tomorrow, until like the opening exchanges of the game. Um i don't think i'll be able to form an opinion i might form an opinion based on how one side starts or, or 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 the other but right now i can't call it i think there's some magic and some confidence with morocco as well and just a, a massive boost um their first african nation to get this far as well so they're, they're carrying something and i think they're carrying a bit of swagger and belief with them as well we've heard things about and um, their camp as well and um that they've had family members allowed in their camp which has been really relaxing for the f- players and aided the players as well so there's all types of different factors that um are kind of um not necessarily known widely known which contribute or 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 have an adverse effect as well so i don't i don't know it's difficult to call but mm. i mean i'm excited about it sorry it will not help to answer your question but these are my ah. picks. <laughs> G- german
1: maybe you could be a little bit more uh Concise than shabs. Um, what, what you know, how, how can Morocco win this game? Can they win this game?
3: Listen, listen, um, word to Baps, um, for naming the Morocco manager Habibi Pat. But, um, after we've seen him, you know, taking Zoom classes by, by our t- I mean, we have to call him um, seminar, you yeah? really. yeah. uh, know, he's taking seminars, you know, and people are impressed with the style of play. I wonder whose blueprint he took, you know, I wonder who. <laughs> But um, I think for Morocco, I'll be honest, I think it's a step too far. You know, I saw a video and, um, of Mbappé and Hakimi. Hbappe and and Mbappé and Hakimi are very good friends. And Mbappé said, I have to kill him. You know what <laughs> I mean? You will kill him. You know, he, was, he had, Hakimi was right there. And then uh, Mbappé said, I have to kill him. You know, Hakimi, I think, is a fantastic player. Um, But I think Mbappé probably knows him too well. I think Mbappé is one of these guys. He's a real student of the game. Um and i think he probably knows hakimi too well um i think it will take an off night for mbappe to not influence the game positively and i just can't see it happening right now i think he's he's mm. too motivated he looks too sharp um you know, Hakimi probably is going to, going to have his girlfriend on his mind. who's like 12 years old. Meanwhile, Mbappe is just dusting him off. So he um, said she's 12 years old,
1: but he's 12 years older.
3: 12 years older than him. All oh, right, Okay. So Fuck it he's up. He's scared of the lectures that she's going to give him. So I just feel like Mbappe is going to bamboozle him and that right hand side, you know? So, and I also think what well, the problem for Morocco really is, I think availability. It looks like some of, some of the players have gone down. I think that the players are tired. They're playing very exhausting games. Um, the way they have been having to play, really, against teams like Spain, Portugal, Belgium, Croatia, they've had the toughest run. So, not make make no mistake of that. They're 100 here on merit because they've had the toughest run any team has had in this World Cup. Um, but I just think, like you know, Mbappe knows what to do against Hakimi. I think, and then Giroud, I think, is a proper threat. Um, we've seen teams try cross it against Morocco, and you know, struggling to get on the on you know the ball to. Ronaldo who's washed, in my opinion. Um, Arata, They're very who's...
1: comfy with balls in the air. Um, yeah, America. but I
3: think Giroud is a bit different. You know, just mm. the way he times his runs on for crosses is different. And I think mm. France, um, France's um, crosses are better than um, the other team. So I think Thea is a very good cross off the ball. And I Griezmann. think also Griezmann, that's the one I was going to say. I think Griezmann mm. is a fantastic cross off the ball. So... I, I just feel like, even set pieces, I, I can see Griezmann finding Giroud to, to break it open and then it'll be on Morocco to come forward and that's the game that France want to play. I actually don't think France are that good. I hate their midfield because I think the proposition of their midfield is or just the way they play is not great. Um, I think Chouamini is on there in, his, um, in there on his own but he sits deep like he does for Real Madrid um, and Rabiot is roaming around so there's a lot of space in, in midfield against them so, England made some use of that, basically just, you know, having players and they're receiving the ball um because, you know, you can't press everyone if there's only one in there. um And I think Griezmann is like kind of pushed up with Drew, so they're, they're basically pressed like a 4-4-2. Um, so I feel like there's space in mind the forwards, but Morocco are not going to exploit that. I think Morocco are going to have a completely different game plan. So um, the way to hurt France is probably actually trying to hurt them centrally, but I don't think Morocco will do that. They will try to do it on the wings where I feel like you know, France are good. Um, Theo Hernandez and-, and Mbappe are good. Um, the right back Kunde cheeks, but um, Dembele should be rising at at least one game. He's got to give us one game, right? I mean, can- I'm giving can- so much. <laughs> He's got to give
1: us one game, right? Boy, boy, can can uh, Morocco not take any lessons from you know the way England played against France? You know, because I know you said there that you know France are pr- quite strong on the wings, but. You know, England showed that France can be got out in the full back area, in the wide areas. You know, Saka had a very good game against France and caused them a lot of trouble. Um, can Pavard not not replicate but that? The,
3: quali- the quality discrepancy is big, in my opinion. I think first of all, having I think you no know, as a as a defender, Car Walker is probably better than Hakimi. I would I would think so for sure. Um, I think Akimi is the battle overall right back, but Walker was not going forward. Like he was staying back at all times, mm-hmm. defending Mbappe. And um, England had have devised a plan to have two three players on him whenever he had the ball. Um, so you know that that kind of created space for Dimbiler and Griezmann on the other side a bit more, but um, they weren't too effective with it. Um and then also, you know, going forward, Saka is is a different proposition one v one. Um coming inside the pitch than Ziyech. You know, Ziyech is not taking on True. I mean, Rabio Rabiot burst and past these man with ease. I don't think he's going to do that. He's going to he's going to offer threat, and he plays really well for his country, to be honest. But he just doesn't have that threat Saka has. And then who else? I mean, Buffal? Buffal? Uh, Buffal, Buffal Buffal could Buffal. trouble they? That's going to be interesting. I I can't like that.
1: I agree with. We, I don't think <laughs> England did that yeah. enough. I don't think England tested that right hand side enough. Tops. I think maybe that's something Morocco could capitalise on.
0: Yeah, I I mean this is such a funny it's such a funny game because uh I feel like uh Morocco if you've watched them in this tournament they've actually played in a way where they they really don't mind giving up possession they don't mind giving up uh to the opposition whereby they can give them a lot of time and space in their half but the minute they they move into the, the Moroccan half, there's very little space, there's very little options. It's actually like incredibly difficult to break this Morocco team down. Um, I feel like I mean, we can't not give uh, Habibi Pep uh, some sort of credit for the Artela, way he set up the Artela. team. Um, these are also players who like are right, absolutely please, fighting to this for each other. Um, is so bad he's gonna get this yeah,
2: uh-uh.
3: He's gonna get this in 2023, bro.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: well, do you know what as well, actually, Like it's funny what you said about uh about um Mbappe saying he's gonna kill uh Hakimi because it's almost like uh in the um, in the NBA dream team documentary, uh in the final uh the Olympic game, uh Kobe says the first thing he's gonna do when he gets uh any sight of Paul Gasol, he says, "I'm gonna kill him. I'm gonna just run through him." And the first thing he does, which and Paul Gasol is like his best friend, you know, at the Lakers. So the first thing he's gonna do, he just he just absolutely clatters through him. And everybody on the NBA team's like, "Okay, like you know, this guy means business." He and I, I honestly think it's almost poetic that that uh, Mbappe plays on that left sort of hand side Hakimi is the right that is going to be a really really interesting battle on that side like oh,
1: top still there i think his internet has finally given up it's finally <laughs> given up yeah have made a good comparison i really like
3: that analogy though a really good analogy yeah yeah, yeah. and I,
2: and i think cuz cuz i was going to say that as well I Again, I think, German, Dan, you've made some interesting points. Some factual things about France and what they're good at. But I think Tops as well has covered it when look at the way that Morocco defend and look at their structure. They don't give up any space. And the way that, for me, the way that you have to beat them is to... um, you have to play through them. You have to be able to get players into the central zones and play through the Lions. And I think, okay, I don't think that the midfielders that France have got are going to be able to effectively do that. Um, you know, I think Griezmann is fine in terms of being able to drop into the space and find pockets of space. So is Mbappe. I think if they can find those spaces and the ball can get to them, I think they'll be v- they're will be they very technically accomplished players. Even Giroud, very very technically accomplished and finding the tight spaces but you've got Rabiot and Chouamani potentially as the midfielders who are trying to feed them and I don't see them as guys who are going to be able to do that to any kind of reliable degree in those games so I think where's the space going to come from because Morocco have been fantastic at this mid-block restricting space so France are going to then have to try and play over the top to try and find space in behind, to get again to which I think Morocco have almost systematised themselves. So they start this mid-block and kind of the middle of midfield, but can drop to the edge of their 16, if need be, if balls come over the top. So I'm kind of looking at them and saying they're very, very, very organised. So I don't think it's going to be the... Um, the mismatch or the landslide that people suggest it will be. And then there's individual battles. And I think that um, um, aguard at the back is an interesting match-up for um, Giroud. Um, is he fit? That... Uh, I hope he's fit. Didn't, he didn't
1: play against Portugal. so And size okay. went off injured. So, you know, well, they've got a few see. injury let's...
2: concerns. They've got the DM... As well, who's been cleaning up everything Aruba. in every job, Arabat, and then they've got the guy—is um, his name Unani, the number eight?
1: Unahi, who, Unahi well, yeah. Unahi,
2: because who he played? played. Yeah, he played. He he played really well. Not 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 so much the defensive side of his game, and I'm not saying he's not good at that. I'm just not talking to to that point. But when Morocco got on the ball against Portugal, in particular, who were expansive. Um, He played really well. He played really well. He wasn't afraid. He wasn't scared to take the ball, receive the ball anywhere in the pitch and carry the ball forward and just kind of um, uh, release pressure for Morocco. So it's a tight game. I do expect France to win it. But I, f- I think it's tighter than something. I don't think it's
3: suggest. going to be loads of goals. That's, that we haven't seen that in any Morocco game, so I I, I I wasn't trying to say loads of goals. And the more you talk about, it, I think I definitely see that Morocco is a, is a stern test. I think just you know Mbappe knows Hakimi. That's for me a big thing. Um, um, I know yeah. Mbappe. I mean, he Mbappe knows him and too. Yeah, exactly. But they're gonna be combining high on that pitch, and if he doesn't yeah. get joy on the outside, he'll come in the inside where he'll be close to Griezmann. So you know that overload on our side, Griezmann, Hernandez providing width, Mbappe, Griezmann centrally, drew in the box. You know Rabio's going to be in the box. He's not going to be passing. So I feel like even if these boys are combined outside the you know area, there's going to be two at least two people in the box. Dembele back stick. I think France have a number of recipients up top. Um, I think they're going to be vulnerable in the, um in transition. 100% because one their midfield is just you know they don't cover that area well in my opinion True. I mean he's going to be on an island by himself so I actually expect Amrabah and um the Onahi guys have good joy when the ball breaks down that they're going forward and they'll get good joy for sure and Hakimi's very very adapt and very good at going forward fast Samizan was right but I'm not sure he's going to be playing and Onaziri is a very willing runner Um so I see, I see that they can definitely hurt France. I wouldn't be surprised if they scored. To be honest, um, I think yeah. France have considered in every game, but what I've seen in every game from France is that I feel like these guys are just chilling. Honestly, against England as well, I felt like they scored the goal. They were being sloppy, started chilling. Then England equalised, and there's Rosa for five minutes, scored the goal. You yeah. know, then again, start being sloppy, chilling. I think they just rise to it when they need to. So yeah. as long as, as, so that's that's how I come kind of see it. Yeah. Um, mm, yeah. if, if Morocco score first it could be very tricky though for them Um if France score first I think it's going to be France score first Morocco equalise and France score again same as the England game if Morocco yeah. scores first I think it'll be very interesting
1: mm. yeah. could, could, do you think Morocco could take any confidence from the fact that France lost to Tunisia I know like I don't know how many direct parallels can be drawn to Tunisia and Morocco, but, you know, maybe a similar compilation of their like squads in terms of style and player style, playing style as well. I know it was a weakened French team. They did. They did. But, you know, some of the players still came on to try and salvage the game against Tunisia and Mm. didn't get any luck. Um, I'm just wondering if Morocco could take any confidence from that, like that, you know, their, their, uh, uh, you know, a nation that they share a border with, I believe. Uh, do they share a border with Tunisia? My geography might be not not great, but North African side anyway. yeah You, um, think,
3: you just think every African nation is next to each other, yeah?
1: Hey, hey, so you I, I didn't say it. You, you said it. <laughs> <laughs> hey, <mama>. shit. <laughs> yeah, I'm, they share a border with South Africa or something, did not they? It's like yeah. <laughs> You're a sicko, man. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, like, do, do you think Morocco could take any any confidence from that, or is that am I am I reaching a little bit? Tops, you funny. need to put your mic on. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
2: well, yeah, I think whilst we're waiting for tops, I think they, I think they, they're gonna have to. I think there's no way that. Um, Look, every team in this tournament is going to be studying um, you know, the the strengths and pitfalls of any other teams that they come up against. So if Tunisia have had joy against France, weakened team or not, um, Morocco for me would be would be foolish not to not to look at that and not to consider what it is that they were able to do that was um successful, especially as it's, you know, probably the only loss or the only defeat that that France have have had. Um the thing that doesn't give me confidence about Morocco enough is the the way in which they attack. I'm actually more confident about Morocco's ability to kind of have a shutout um, than their ability to 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 score goals with regularity. And so I think even though France have deficiencies and 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 lapses at the back, um, pff, I McConnell. don't think that. Yeah, yeah, Upan um,
3: high. High yeah, potential
2: yeah. yeah. for
1: bozo moments. <laughs>
2: so yeah, man, I think you know, I, ju- I just don't. Morocco might get a goal and then that's it, you know. So, Paris- I think that's France. what we need, man. We need that Morocco first goal to
1: make it really, really interesting. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Makes sense. I think so. so. Anyway, guys, I think we will leave it, uh, we'll call it a night there. Um, you know, we've got, we've got the other semi-final tomorrow. Um, remember I said uh, mentioned the live show uh, on Sunday. We will be hosting for the World Cup final at the O2 at Trapdoor. So get your tickets. Link will be in the bio. You can get group discount tickets. Um, so bring, bring friends. Bring friends. Have a good time. Watch the game. And we'll do a live podcast afterwards as well. And I hope to see you all there. Shabs, Tops, German Dan. Thank you, gentlemen. And uh, have a good evening.
2: Sports Social Podcast Network.